Today, my guest is Chris Rabukamba. Chris is from Windsor and has played as a professional defensive player in the Canadian Football League. He played from 2011 to 2017 for the Edmonton Eskimos. Chris is a defensive coach with Bridge the Gap, or BTG Football, a Windsor not-for-profit and seven-on-seven travel football team focused on developing their players both athletically and socially. Uh, Chris was a consultant for the Lancers uh, at the University of Windsor and helped coach in 2016. Additionally, Chris, along with his partners, runs Change the Game, an eight-week program designed to empower both boys and girls and build vital skills that are essential to the growth and development of youth within the community. Their goal is to raise awareness among youth about the importance of health and self-esteem through the integral lens of education and participation. So I'm so looking forward to chatting with Chris today. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So um, I just gave a brief rundown of what I learned about you on the internet, um, <laughs> but because um, this is our first time meeting and we just know each other through mutual fi- friends. So I just, from your mouth, who are you and what do you do? Um, yeah, thanks uh, for the intro. Um, <clears throat> pretty much accurate, uh, but there's some things that are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Kigali, Rwanda. Um, I left there when I was three years old. Um, moved to North Carolina um, for a few years with my parents, and then I moved to Detroit, and um, my father got sick, then we moved to Windsor, Ontario, and then when I was six years old, and uh, I've kind of resided and grew up in Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to Herman High School. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to get a full-ride football scholarship to Duke University. There I got an uh, undergraduate degree in economic policy and a master's in entrepreneurship. Uh, this is kind of how the nonprofit mm, cool. and kind of creating different entrepreneurial endeavors kind of came to place. Uh, my social thesis was a social business, so it wasn't just a for-profit business. It was more of a nonprofit business, which focused on com- connecting the Duke community, which was a very affluent community with kind of the inner city of the city of oh. Durham, North Carolina. Interesting. Um, so I always had a strong passion for um, kind of connecting the, uh, the people and, um, you know, learning from the kids that I associate with and I mentor and um, and kind of growing those programs in the Windsor kind of community. So mm-hmm. it all ties in together. And now, um, obviously, I have a few things in play that you mentioned, and I'm, I'm excited to twenty what 2020 brings. Mm-hmm. 2020, there's good energy surrounding it. I'm yes. feeling good things. Um, that's awesome. So I think we'll start at just talking about athletics and what kind of um, role that has played in your life and what it's it's given to you. Uh, great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> athletics has given me a lot. Um, when I was coming from Rwanda, uh, our you know our family was kind of leaving. Uh, a, a country that was going through a genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the genocide didn't actually happen yet. We left before, thank God. Um, so um, I was one of those kids that parents were always working and I needed something to do. And yeah. there's a lot of time after school uh, and when your parents are working, um, you can get yourself in some trouble. So my mom always kind of encouraged sports. I always I took a strong liking to it. And it's really got me, athletics has got me a lot of things and taught me a lot of lessons and mm-hmm. also created a great network of people that mm-hmm. I've learned uh, from um, along the way. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it is about sports that um, helped young people in developing skills that they can utilize just in, in day-to-day life? Um, it's just, it's, it's probably one of the greatest things that brings people together um, when you're competing um, when I was in college, I had guys from Wisconsin and guys from Compton. Um, so you're bringing people from mm-hmm. all walks of life together where we're all fighting for a common goal. So a lot of our differences, a lot of our identities formed through kind of this brotherhood and mm-hmm. this uh, togetherness for a common goal. And that kind of lets you um, kind of forget some of the things that you might be going through personally. Um, your differences. Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of connects that and gives you the platform to kind of let loose 
and be this alter ego of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and do you have, have an alter ego name? <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, but uh, uh, I I definitely uh, turn turn on uh, to a different person when I yeah. step on the field. But like I said, it's 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 the lessons that I've learned and the togetherness of that is as something that I wanted to pass on to other people. Mm, I love that. That's definitely something that we need Mm -hmm. in society today is bringing people together, listening to one another, Mm -hmm. um, having a shared goal. Mm -hmm. So amazing. That's that's great that sport has uh, taught you that. So as an athlete, I'm sure that becomes a real part of your identity, especially when you're at like a level and you have some notoriety. So can you speak towards how like athlete, the word athlete relates to you and what has that mean meant to you um athlete has being an athlete has meant a lot Mm -hmm. to me but it also um isn't who i fully am Mm -hmm. um it's only a part of me um and it's only something that i've done for a long time um i'm no longer an athlete um Mm -hmm. i'm a washed up athlete (laughs) uh but uh i you know i i have formed new identities as you know being a citizen uh being a Windsor, right? <laughs> uh, but other identities that I forge as well. Um, I feel like a lot of athletes sometimes get into trouble uh, f- just honing on their skills of a, as an mm-hmm. athlete and yeah. forget the many other things that you need to be a well-rounded human. Yeah, definitely. We've seen that like in the yes. media. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like you said, there's a lot of benefits towards that atmosphere and an environment. Um, but I think it plays a lot into that self-esteem as well because as an athlete, um, being in the media, you do have to have some sort of persona Mm -hmm. that can be beneficial to your self-esteem or maybe detrimental. So how do you think it's benefited your self-esteem or maybe not benefited your self-esteem? No, it's definitely... (laughs) Because you're you're looked at a lot as a role model and there's also a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the one thing that sports and athletics really teach you is... Um, you know, you feel a lot more than you actually win. So um, your confidence is forged to kind of believing in yourself, um, especially as you go up in the levels that um, as com- competition gets um, more more competitive and m- more difficult, you definitely have to believe in yourself. So one thing you learn when you're a little kid is like you go out there. Um, I was never the biggest kid. So, uh, you know, I'm looking around if naturally I have kind of a, a reluctant personality to go out there, it's going to affect my confidence. It's yeah. going to affect the way I see myself. Um, but, you know, trying and overcoming all those obstacles kind of give you these small wins that you take on to other aspects of your life. Um, on the on the other token, um, athletics can sometimes you lose a game, it can affect your schoolwork or it can affect your other relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of realize that you have to turn that off and kind of, transition and take the good things from the athletics and Mm -hmm. build upon that with um, other skills that you need from a day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome. So why did you choose or why do you think it would be helpful to our community to start focusing on that self-esteem piece um, in athletics and teaching that to young people? Um, It's a great question. Um, When I founded BTG and we wanted to kind of create it as a before we even started CTG, Um, I felt that there was a gap. Um, BTG stands for Bridge the Gap. And Mm. um, there was a gap in in information. And a lot of football players in the city have these high aspirations of playing um, in the NFL and the CFL, going Division I. And I wanted to, first of all, give them that information. Um, Two, I wanted to be a positive role model for them in the sense of they can see my everyday walk. And I can be a Mm. resource to them. So it's not only saying... You're a nice person. You have to show people. You say thank your manners, uh, the way you carry yourself, the confidence, standing in front of them, looking somebody in the eye, shaking Mm -hmm. their hand. These positive things that a lot of kids from where I unfortunately grew up in, in, you know, lower income communities didn't have those male positive role models. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bridge that um, and and give them a platform for that. So Mm -hmm. that self-esteem piece allowed them to. You know, you don't have to be cool, you know. Yeah. You don't have or to. Or making, like, <laughs> making manners cool yeah. and making, like, um, like you said, like, shaking someone and looking, shaking their hand, looking yeah. them in the eye, like, yeah. making those things cool because they're looking up to you. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think makes a good role model? Um, many things, but yeah. uh, 
if I had to break it down, it's just somebody that um, leads by example. And um, anybody can say the right things. Um, first of all, it's just to say the right things, but more importantly, to do the right things. So your actions um, in the community, taking leadership, and that's something that we try to focus on is teaching these you know, young men um, in BTG and you know, young women and young men in CTG that you, know, you do have the power to you know, be a leader. You don't have to be, always be a leader in the front. You can be a leader in the back. You can be a leader in the middle, mm-hmm. just depending where you're at. Um, you can lead by doing the right things and encouraging somebody that might need that encouragement because there was times when I needed that and yeah. I was a leader in certain parts and I, w- I was a follower in others. So mm-hmm. just connecting those um, those things and making them understand that, you know, holistically what it takes to be a positive member of society. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is one big obstacle that a, y- a lot of young people are struggling with that might come to you with? Um, yeah. Uh, um, one thing, I mean, the, probably one of the biggest things is, um, perceived confidence and confidence, actual confidence. Um, Mm. a lot of football players, uh, have this like macho vibe and a lot of the kids that we coach are very, very talented, um, until we, we go play in the U S so all of our games are in the U S so they unfortunately (laughs) get the humbling, um, feeling of knowing that they're not as good as they might think. They're a big fish in a small pond in yeah. the winter. So that confidence in CTG, it's kind of the same things. You see they, these really they check their ego. Yeah, they check their ego. And then yeah. in CTG is the same thing. You see a lot of extremely, you know, young, um, pretty fun, um, engaging people that, you know, because of our connection with Cornerstone and Dr. Heather, they'll she'll tell us like they're really struggling with their self esteem. So she can encourage them to talk more and, and just surprisingly they kind of interconnect Mm. um so our clients from dr heather from cornerstone refer to you guys is that the way it's working yeah so our our, yeah so our ccctg platform basically we partnered with dr heather and cornerstone that's Um, cool i didn't know that yeah so she does all the individual or her practice does all the individual um i guess like intake yeah intake and then we do the group some of the group stuff and when we presented her the idea she was all for it. She thought it was brilliant because there's not enough of that. And what happens is you're getting you're not getting one type of kid. You're getting all different types of kids from different walks of life. Some kids in the system, you know, yeah. in, in the child care system. Uh, some care some kids that are very affluent but have extreme um, social social anxiety. Um, and putting them in together and and just seeing what comes from it from this kind of organized program um, mm-hmm. that kind of teaches self-esteem, teaches anti-bullying, what do you do in these engaging activities where we force <laughs> them to be in groups mm-hmm. that they probably wouldn't be in. Something and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Little, a little bit uncomfortable, but also just uh, uh, entertaining because we kind of yeah. encourage the, the fun side of it. We take these, you know, really icebreaker type of games and we kind of encourage them to, you know, make skits and what would you do in this situation? What would you do in this situation if this happens? Who are you going to go to? Um, those type of things that they might think they know, but can see it from a different perspective and see how it can affect somebody else. So we mm. have this open forum type type of mm-hmm. you know engaging um, class or program that allows different people to kind of s- say their input. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I like the community connection and collaboration because that's what we need to reach more people mm-hmm. and to direct them to the right service and the kids that come to you, I'm sure they belong there. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, okay, so I know you're not on social media, mm-hmm. uh, you yourself, but a lot of young people are. Mm-hmm. And do you hear any crazy stuff that's going on on social <laughs> media for young people? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear a lot. I, uh, I Unfortunately, we have a BTG Twitter page. I have, I don't have, What's the handle? Do you know? Uh, BTG Football. Okay. So that's our uh, BTG Football page. Um, I help run that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have access to social media. My girlfriend has social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Snapchat. So um, I do somewhat keep intact. Okay, and I yeah. did have social media before. So I'm um, not that archaic, but <laughs> <laughs> I do understand how it works. But a lot of the kids um, uh, use it for a multitude of reasons. And it's very, very, very tricky sometimes yeah, tricky. Uh, uh, letting them know how this is almost uh, a platform that can affect you for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, yes. We educate a lot on that too. Um, we often say, you know, if you're like liking an offensive joke or maybe um, like bullying or making negative comments about someone online, you got to think about 10 years from now when you're looking for a part-time job mm -hmm. or maybe you're going to get a scholarship, they're probably going to look you up online, mm -hmm. right? So I just, a lot of people, young people don't realize that because, you know, you're growing up, you're kind of in your own bubble mm -hmm. um, and in your own mind as an adolescent. So long-term, there can be a long-term impact of how that can affect their future, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what do you think some of the advantages are of social media and maybe disadvantages? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, I, I believe social media is a phenomenal platform to brand yourself, yeah. uh, to create an image uh, um, of maybe some skills that you have. Uh, my sister was a huge social media person. Yeah. Um, she tries to be an influencer. She takes she Do you want to shout her out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, jet Setter, too. I don't have social media, uh, but uh, Jet Setter, I think, too. Cool. Um, but she travels the world, and she tries to kind of showcase, you know, all the different places that she goes, and has, she has these really cool... Oh. Uh, quotes, which I don't know where she gets them from, yeah. but it's great. Um, oh, so I think nice. it's, it's a great platform for that to be, you know, to showcase some cool places, showcases some different aspects of yourself. Your interest. Yeah, yeah. your interest, um, your hobbies, and just, you know, uh, be engaged in, like, relevant news because that's kind of where it hits first. Um, the negative sense is that um, for a lot of athletes and a lot of people in CTG uh, who aren't athletes, it's it's your resume and it's yeah. it never goes away. So it's like telling a kid that, you know, you're angry at your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you're posting something that's very offensive at a particular time, it can come back and haunt you. And right. um, I know from my, you know, professional career as a CFL player and as just working um, is that that is your resume. And if you don't, if you use it incorrectly, people will not hire you for that. Mm -hmm. They'll look at your social media and dissect it in a way and judge you without even knowing that maybe, you know, that's not fully who you are. So mm -hmm. uh, the negatives is obviously if you use it incorrectly, it can have an impact for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So we have a word for that too, and it's called the digital footprint. I don't know mm. if you've heard that before. Um, and and we kind of evolved it into even like a digital tattoo because a mm. footprint footprint goes away like That's in the good. sand like or that. the rain like but that. it's like a tattoo mm. because it's permanent yes. and it's always there it's not going anywhere and um getting that message from you like as a, a male role model is probably it goes a long way um because like you have this you, you're successful right mm -hmm. so you can tell them listen like i got here by being careful about that so mm -hmm. That's great, too. Um, so if you don't have social media, what is the best way you find it connecting with young people um, in real life? Yeah, uh, <laughs> How mean, do you connect with them? <laughs> um, I, I'm old school. Yeah. Uh, I like to pick up the phone. I like to FaceTime some of my players, uh, make sure they're doing their stuff. I like to text message a ton. Um, I email. Um, I like to write professional emails to them and their parents just so they can have a way to see what a professional email looks like in terms yeah, of practice schedule point. or things like that. But um, I, I did have social media. So, you know, some of my pictures can be found that I used yeah. to post and there's nothing wrong with it. I just felt I wasted too many, too much time on it personally. I'm an extremely busy person. So unfortunately I was like, something needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm even on our uh, BTG page, I can catch myself kind of surfing, different yes. social media pages. So I engage with them directly through, you know, text message, um, um, email. Um, I FaceTime them just to make sure and Snapchat. So I sometimes just, you know, send them a quick message. Um, but text message and email is yeah. probably the most common. Cool. Um, so you also alluded to this a little bit when talking about the culture of athletics and some men like you know, wanting to have the persona of being macho mm -hmm. or uber masculine. Mm -hmm. um, but when talking about self-esteem, sometimes we have to talk about our emotion. Mm -hmm. And do you ever find that difficult or do you, you yourself or do you have trouble? Um, do you find young males have trouble vocalizing that to you? Uh, yes, I, I think uh, society's perception or fabrication of gender roles and like how a man is supposed to be. Um, unfortunately, even more so as a football player and athlete, mm -hmm. it's 
supposed to be tough. You're supposed not to talk about your emotions. Uh, you're supposed to not talk about your feelings. Uh, that's a sign of weakness. Right. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, that's not true. Um, and we try to kind of break down those barriers and try to teach our kids to, you know, we lose an important game. Kids might cry. We don't, you know, we encourage them to cry, to let it out. It. And yeah, and to just be themselves. Um, yeah. I think that's the most powerful thing you can be is just be yourself. And sometimes, you know, your emotions do need to come out um, and it's okay. And you shouldn't just have to have this voice in your head like, I can't cry right now in front of my friends. They might laugh at me. But if it's like, if something really matters to you, you do need to let it out. And it's better to let it out. Dr. Heather's <laughs> uh, <laughs> advice, uh, not my own. I'm not <laughs> prescribed to tell people what to do in that regard. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's always saying like, it's good to let it out either through journaling, either through um, communication with someone um, that you respect or mm-hmm. somebody that's your peer. I write in a journal every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I let my feelings out. Um, I let my emotions out. Um, so yeah. you know, I encourage them to do the same. Mm, awesome. Yeah, finding an outlet that works for them. And mm-hmm. sport in itself is kind of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think that masculinity comes from? Like the, the that we have, the man has to be macho. Uh, great question. <laughs> uh, do you have the answer? I don't have the answer. I can, <laughs> I, can um, I guess, make an educated guess. Um, I just, this society throughout time, the general rules used to be that the man used to be, you know, the hunter and the gatherer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a little bit of archaic terms, but it, it, kind of roots from that um and for us as men especially in football um especially now with the concussions and a whole bunch of things that yeah kind of give you this you know red flag about some of the things that you once believed is that you know masculinity is something defined by society and sometimes some of those old um kind of gender roles are outdated and now you know women and men are very much so fluid yeah um and you know women <laughs> i know a lot of tough women and not a lot of you know tough men so yeah. it's, it's it's a very fluid thing and just understanding that and knowing that some women will kick your butt um in the classroom and you know mental toughness um and just work ethic mm-hmm. um and you know that kind of gives you kind of uh, um an at ease to to understand that it's you don't have to kind of maintain this pressure overcome this pressure of like being this man all the time right yeah yeah so great advice that um did you have any fluctuation in your own self-esteem when transitioning out of the cfl uh yes um honestly i did and i was probably one of the lucky ones to be honest um because um, at a young age i always focused on athletics um so but i was also focused on academics so i was always kind of had this duality about myself um and not not every man in that position has both. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, my mother used to always, you know, encourage me to, f- you know, you got to do your schoolwork first before you can play. So, and when I went to Duke, it was it was a school very much not solely focused on the performance of the field. It's also um, the student mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I was, it was easy easier transition, but it was still tough for me. Um, you know, it's the locker room is not a real place uh, <laughs> in terms of i don't know i don't want to know what goes on <laughs> yeah, exactly it's just it's a place that you know obviously you know a lot of boys get together it's like lord of yeah. the flies yeah, type yeah. Of, it just like just as a place where you can you know let loose and have fun and yeah. you're so accustomed to because you've been in one since for so so many years of your life but when you go to a workplace and you go into office and you have to deal with coworkers, and you got to deal with different personalities people that communicate different than you um for me it was like you know um, I was in marketing, so it, you know my football, my how many tackles I had or how many touchdowns I scored didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that transition and how people just saw you as, you know, a lot of people didn't know I played football. So which was good, but it was bad because sometimes, you know, you had to kind of you know reinvent yourself um, yeah. and kind of start back from the bottom. Um, and some people have been doing that since right out of college, so they were able to yeah be more adjusted. So for me, it was like I was just like coming at, into it, right? So it was just all these new things like, you know, where's how to use this photocopier <laughs> correctly. <laughs> and like, you know how you figure it out. But it's like people are like, why is he so self-aware? <laughs> but it's just the things that kind of give you a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of self-esteem um, that you probably wouldn't think about. Or you maybe take for granted. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's funny. <laughs> um, so because I work in eating disorders, we talk a lot about 
or I'll tell you because I know you're kind of just learning about Bana. So mm-hmm. at Bana, we don't promote um, a diet mentality. Mm-hmm. We say, you know, eat everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. That means having those foods that give us more energy, more vitamins, nutrients, like foods from Canada's Food Guide. Mm-hmm. And then also having treats sometimes because mm-hmm. they're just as important for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about balance, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I imagine in the sports world, there is some restriction or, um, I mean, disordered eating in a way. Very much so. Depending on the sport, right? Maybe in wrestling or in gymnastics, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more restrictive. But I just wanted to get your take on um, balanced eating, like what that means. And did you witness any disordered eating when in athletics? Uh, yeah, uh, great question. Um, I think that's a, a topic that is sort of taboo in yes. in, in athletics. I, I know. We talk about it every day, and it's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, sometimes it's really well-intended, yeah. and they want to achieve something. So mm. they believe that that's going to make them faster, stronger, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but how's the mental health doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's what we always go back to. Like, what was the real intention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, when you play football, especially starting from, I mean, Past high school, going when you're going to collegiate sports in the, st- in the states, it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. CFL is a multi million dollar industry, so you're a product. So sure. they're they're uh, like, and football is such a weird sport because you have guys that are extremely overweight or yeah, 300 plus pounds, and you have guys that are in shape, mm-hmm. extremely in shape, yeah. that have four percent body fat. Um, we always had to go yeah. through a like a body test composition. It's called a Bopod machine that tells you how much your lean tissue is. So you're always forced to kind of diet or, um, you know, eat a lot if you were, you need to put on mass. Yeah. Um, and that incurs, you know, obviously a deterioration of your mental health in a way because you're trying to meet this goal that is not is that set out for you, but it's not the best for you as a human being. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of times people would eat stuff <laughs> and I would be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you eating three cheeseburgers, <laughs> right? Or why do you eat, drinking a gallon of milk? And you talk about moderation. So a lot of people can't. And to maintain yeah. that level, it's, right. it's like your, 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 your actual body is the product. So you're beating it up either by overtraining, working out really hard because you have the anxiety of like what that Bob Pod machine is going to look like yeah. and what your coach is going to say. Yeah. And I've seen people um, take financial cuts bec- or be penalized because they weren't a certain weight or a certain um, mm. when they got into camp. So it's it's very taboo, but it's it's very much so uh, something that it is a problem. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some articles um, coming up in the next yeah. five, three or five years that are talking about that. that yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Um, and then what does uh, mental health mean to you? Uh everything <laughs> probably the most everything yeah i mean it's 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 uh i think it's the most important one of the most important things um obviously being well balanced feels physical help helps with mental health um but you know what you think of every day um when you seek help for things that you've gone to through um i've gone through traumas in my life so some of the things that i need as an outlet or things i need to write down or you know being conscious that i do have a mental health that's one thing in sports that has grown and has caught kind of yeah. becoming very popular. Um, That's great. A lot of guys are coming out with, like, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have this. Um, so they can kind of seek help and kind of reach out. A lot of the kids that we deal with have forms of it. And it's through, you know, when you go through a traumatic experience or you just have certain things in your mind that mm-hmm. um, you, don't, you can't control, um, you need to go see someone. And I think Dr. Heather and Cornerstone is one of the reasons why we partnered with them because we knew how important it was Mm -hmm. uh, for people to be a, have a strong mind and take care of it. Mm -hmm. So do you think that someone who's has all that pressure on them and is like putting a toll on their body, like as an athlete can also have mental, a good mental health. Mm. It's like a loaded (laughs) question. It's a loaded question. Um, I I mean, I, I guess, good is a relative term in in that regard um can you be functional yes i've seen a lot of people be functional but when you're in the locker room you know people personally and they tell you some of the things that they go through um there's a huge drug culture in 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 athletics um and prescription drugs and painkillers and stuff like that and that's definitely not good um for your mental health right and 
surprisingly, like even before games, like there was times when I would be uh, like, I'll be so anxious and I'll yeah. like, <laughs> it was, it's kind of funny now talking about it, but it's like, I used to throw up before games or like, you know, and it's, it's not, a, it's a symptom of your yeah, anxiety. Ex- well, ex- well, at the time it's like, you're stop like, being a woman, yeah. <laughs> right? right? And in your mind, but it's like, really, it's like, this is your body telling you that, you know, you're, you're too anxious, you're too worked up. Um, and, you know, you need to let, let that loose. Mm-hmm. Do they have any guidance when in like a professional sport environment of how to handle that aspect of um, your performance? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's, they there's, do? there's definitely oh, outlets, good. but it's, it's funny because in, in sport, it's like uh, the players and the organization, there's always like a, a counter. Mm. Like it's like, you know, inmates and the and yeah <laughs> like they kind of hold the power yeah, a little yeah. Bit. so it's like you're, you're kind of a lot of athletes truthfully are scared to reveal a lot of the yes. things they go through to a member of the organization because they will use some of that in negotiations right to might affect them personally in other ways yeah um might tell other teams yeah so that it itself c- is causing anxiety <laughs> yeah, for these yeah, men yeah so they kind of get scared to reveal that and yeah. we kind of have our own brotherhood that we speak about that but it's um it, there is some outlets in uni- in, in university there was it was huge one of my college roommates got us like a sports psychologist and helped him tremendously mm-hmm. uh, mentally because wow. he was he was gonna run through the wall literally yeah, yeah. he was having a hard <laughs> yeah, time yeah exactly yeah. so ah interesting i'm getting a little glimpse into <laughs> like that world yeah it's okay um so about your relationship with food has it changed since you've I exited that type of world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, completely. Yeah. Um, so it changed. There's like different stages. At first was like, I was like, finally get, I get to eat everything. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I get to eat what did you have as your first meal? <laughs> yeah, it's like the double, the greasiest cheeseburger ever and like ordering the fries and just like, um, you know, drinking wine more or drinking yeah. a few beers, just letting loose. Yeah. Um, but after that, you're kind of like, I'm not in shape. I don't feel as good. I'm waking up sluggish. Yeah, I think a lot of athletes can relate to that. Like professional or not, right? Yes. Just as life goes on. Exactly. Yeah. And you get a little bit older, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't like the way my body looks. So you start dieting. I personally now, I intermittent fast. Um, so I eat between a certain amount of time during the day and then I train and, and I I eat more now to be healthy um and to give me energy um mm-hmm. rather than just to i do let loose like sometimes if we go out and i might have like like i've tried not to eat a lot of red meat or i really never eat red meat mm-hmm. or pork mm-hmm. but um i try to be more conscious of what i put in my body as a form of like fuel rather yeah. than before it was kind of like this is the way to have to be in so if i have to eat so many calories or so many or now it's like more so like I want a really good smoothie. I want, you yeah. know, I like I have a lot of friends that went vegan and they love it. Um, I'm not there yet, um, mm-hmm. but I definitely. This and, is working for you, what yeah, you're doing. And it's it makes me feel so much better. Yeah. And I have so much more energy throughout the day and my mood, it affects my mood, which is something that um, I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can relate to that too. I yeah. feel like whenever I put in my body, I, it it like, it will tell me how I, I'm feeling like the next few days, yes. right? So, um, for me, that works because mental health is important to yes. me. Yeah. Very. Awesome. Um, so speaking on, like, we're still on food. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of diet products out there mm-hmm. or, like, we know the weight loss industry is, like, a billion-dollar industry. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to a young person looking at all of that? And Because it's kind of telling us, oh, you're not enough, so change, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the... Th- um, it's a great question. I think what you said about just having balance in your life is probably the most important thing. Um, and, you know, do what works for you. Some people, um, not everything works for everyone. Um, and you have to be mindful that uh, food is a major industry and there's a lot of profits involved. So a lot of things that people are selling you um, are for profits, not rather to help you personally. So just be mindful of that and just try to, you know, the daily five food groups like you've mentioned and, and just eating healthy, eating well-balanced, eating a, a good breakfast, um, eating food that give you energy and having some snacks and having some, you know, cheap meals or things that make help your mental health 
is very important as well. So having that balance, like you mentioned, is probably something that I would also encourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We use language like um, like our sometimes foods and our everyday foods. Yeah. And I think kids get that. Um, and they will like tell us so many of their favorite sometimes foods. <laughs> like They're like ice cream, Oreos, cookies. <laughs> and we're like, okay, what about those everyday foods? What do you like? Yeah. Um, but they can name those too. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So let me see what else I want to talk to you about. Okay, maybe I'll go back to social media and yeah. talk about um, healthy boundaries mm-hmm. that you might share with um, a young kid, whether it be like time limits or, um, yeah, just I'll well, yeah. go from there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe um, we'll cut some of that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, healthy boundaries. I feel like social media is a good platform to, like I said, to kind of, um, brand yourself or to find um, news but you have to be mindful of how long you're on there mm-hmm. um, I try not to be on my phone maybe an hour before bed um, yeah that's a good one. And, um, I try to like read a book or something and I try to read the actual hardcover book not like the Kindle a Kindle or something yeah like I'm that. I like the hardcover book too yeah yeah I just because I feel it just gives me calms me down a little bit more sure. um, um, and it helps me focus on the pages and be more into the page because I'm not because I'm always on my phone, either responding to emails or picking up calls or text messaging. So I feel like, you know, the phone is a, is a very useful tool. We're on it a lot. So I'll, I'll tell the young kid just to make sure, you know, it doesn't run your life. Um, yeah. And it can easily do that if you let it and having some boundaries to when not to use your phone and controlling it. And if you can't, that means it is running your life. Right? Yeah. If you yeah, can't discipline true. yourself enough to put it down that's a certain time. It's an times, indicator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like either at dinner or either at different moments, it, it kind of, you know, allows you to know that you need to kind of make a few changes in your life. Yeah. Um, are there any role models either online or offline that you would recommend young people to look at um, so that they can see themselves so that it's more of a positive message? Yeah. Um, Wow, that's or anyone a, you f- you like? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, I mean for sure. Um, they probably <laughs> won't like the boring stuff that I like. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but positive role models. Um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Um, so, you know, Gary Vee is somebody that yeah. I follow who's very positive. He's uh, very um, intense. Yes. Yeah. And you know, he he kind of really focuses on uh, content base for a lot of you know aspiring um, entrepreneurs. Um, Tony Robbins is extremely positive. Um, those are kind of to come to mind, but, um, yeah, I, I, like those two are probably the first two that come to mind. Uh, Eric Thomas was like a motivational speaker. Uh, he has a lot of cool content on kind of positive outlook and image and stuff like that. And, you know, being hard on yourself, but being also loving yourself. And that's something that we teach at CTG as well. It's like Mm -hmm. talk yourself like you love yourself. Um, and a lot of kids struggle that. And I myself have has um, issues with that just mm-hmm. inter- when you're going through something tough and you're just like beating yourself up yeah. or something just what would you say to yourself <laughs> what would you say way? to your best friend exactly and then say it to yourself exactly yeah so th- that like you know people are really have really usually give really good advice sometimes and they don't give themselves the same advice so just having that so a yeah. lot of those people like Gary Vee and those people give tough love but also encourage you know to be you know, you're still young. You still can make it. Um, you just got to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, count your small wins, stuff like that. Yeah, like going back to what you were saying at the beginning about work ethic and um, uh, be, like saying nice things to yourself mm-hmm. too. Yeah, awesome. Um, you spoke about branding mm-hmm. too. Why do you think that's important for you as an entrepreneur to have like that certain brand? And, uh, or do you have mm-hmm. any reason? Uh, resources that you utilize to build that brand yeah so my professional brand is on LinkedIn which is you know basically where I find my clients <laughs> where I do a lot of my business um, and when you say your business is that the work you're doing for the bridge the gap no that's just these are just kind of other hobbies. these yeah. are your <laughs> other things yeah. That yeah. you're so working my, on my day-to-day job I work for I'm a brand consultant for a company called Jack and Adele uh, oh, it's a marketing okay. firm uh, based out of LA, but it's an international company. Um, I kind of help like big corporations um, create marketing presentations and uh, products and merchandising, branded merchandising for 
uh, events um, for numerous different things. But mm-hmm. when I'm prospecting, um, some of the things that our job kind of enforces us to do is to put like 25 LinkedIn messages yeah. um, a week um, mm-hmm. to new clients and just you know you kind of set up a, a cool email. Um, but the good thing about LinkedIn is people get to see who you are and they get to do a background check. And then they also get to see how many people endorsed um, you endorsed you or how many people you guys have in common yeah and if it's somebody that they really respect um and you can kind of start a conversation that way or even somebody within the organization um and say hey i know you from so and so this is what i do would you be interested in this would you be interested in setting up a call or me coming by and you know dropping something off and that's a good starter but that branding professionally through linkedin is um allows you to do that so mm-hmm. i think that's where i kind of brand myself the best um oh. is through linkedin which yeah. is a form of social media so i do have yeah you media. are on social media <laughs> yeah, yes linkedin sure. it's all Sorry. coming out no <laughs> yeah. so how do you think young people can start building their own brand their own personal brand even right now yeah i mean y- you can start by um you know creating content and things that you like um it's mm-hmm. not really hard uh as you look at the YouTube sensations that yeah, are now that are <laughs> that are making tons of money and, and doing a great thing. Like everything's on the internet. Um, I learn a lot through YouTube University, so <laughs> <laughs> I go on there and find a lot of cool stuff that yeah. I didn't know how to do, um, like Photoshop or Adobe or you know filming certain things. So kids who are in high school can do that. I think this is a perfect time for that. That's why social media is so important. If you do have great content and it goes viral, people will definitely catch on to it mm-hmm. um but there's certain tips that you learn from and you get better by doing more and more of it um and taking honest criticism is something that because a lot uh a lot of times you know you know we all are, have great ideas in our head and we put them out and we walk around like we're the best and then your friends are like uh you're a little bit over the top on that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> take it down three levels that's for, a good friend <laughs> yeah, and that's that taking that criticism, not taking it to heart and just saying, oh, OK, you know, what else can I do? And having people comment on that. And, you know, just like it is in social media, unfortunately, people can comment on your stuff and tell you <laughs> yeah, um, how good it is and how bad it is. But or like it or share it. So just being you know receptive to that that type of criticism and, and putting yourself out there and learning. And um, I think it's a good way to start mm-hmm. branding yourself. Mm-hmm. I like the piece of advice that um, I've heard before. It's take criticism from people who are also working hard on their craft or who Mm -hmm. have experience. Mm -hmm. So as it relates to social media, maybe we're not listening to the trolls who Mm -hmm. it appears aren't aren't really contributing in in their own way. So for young people, I take the advice of people who are working hard as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you mentioned like your friend group and giving you advice. What do you think the importance of community and having those people is in your life? Uh, It's everything. Um, I feel like if you have people, this is one of the reasons why we created these platforms, CTG, BTG, mm-hmm. is not only to empower the kids or the youth into having things that we know now through our experiences, but also to give them a resource. Um, so they can easily email me or message me or text me and say, Coach Chris or Chris, what is, yeah. what's going on with this? I'm trying to get a job. What's the best way? Can you look at my resume? Having those resources um, allows you into... Um, different networks um i you know a lot of kids work yeah. at restaurants that i've worked at um because of that connection nice. um and vice versa i their parents have became my clients or uh something of that nature so it's 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 a duality thing it's a community is everything and if if you grow that community around good positive people i think you can learn a lot from each other yeah. and i think that's you know what's the coolest thing that we've learned is how much we've learned from the kids and some of the insightful things that they've said and have done um, through these workshops or these programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and teaching them young, um, connecting with yes. one another, yes. not just on social media, but offline as well. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That's good advice. Um, so we had you complete a sentence, mm-hmm. and it was just said, I am, and then you listed confident. Mm-hmm. So how did you get so confident, do you think? <laughs> uh, through a lot of uh, unconfident moments. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I kind of was always placed in these 
I've always started at the bottom, mm-hmm. um, um, relatively speaking. Um, so I've always kind of have to climb myself up. And climbing myself up has given me the confidence to kind of stand up and say, um, I can do this to myself and not necessarily be exuberant and walk around and tell people that I'm better or no, not, yeah. but just to have inside knowing myself that I've done that and I've accomplished that, even though when people might have told me I couldn't, uh, even though the obstacles looked like I shouldn't have made it. So that is where the confidence comes from. Um, I'll give you a few examples. When I was yeah. at Duke, I was the only Canadian on scholarship. Uh, when I first got there, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have got, came here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like way faster. Imposter than I, syndrome. Yeah, 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 it was just like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. School was much tougher. It was the American school system uh, was different. Yeah. Everything was just different. Um, culturally, haven't eaten so much barbecue in my life. It was like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> <laughs> this is totally different. What than did what, I sign up for? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as you adjust, as yeah. we all take a deep breath, I've, we kind of write down our goals and we assess where we're at. We reverse engineer where we want to go and what we need to do to do that. You build confidence and those small steps, you know, you look back and like, wow, you know, I've gained 15 pounds of muscle or I've made these plays. I'm mm-hmm. now on the second d- string and now I'm, wow I'm starting oh now and then I became a captain it was like wow everybody looked at me that way I didn't even mm. you know it was kind of like I was kind of like the unsung yeah. guy right yeah, so it yeah. wasn't like I was so those things have gave me confidence in different aspects um, and have allowed me to understand that you know through determination through reverse engineering write down your goals you know having mentors yeah um, and you know pick yourself up because there's a lot of tough days and you walk around you feel like you're alone but you tell yourself you know tomorrow's another day hopefully you know if it's bad it's the good thing it's only 24 hours so yes so you can bounce back so things like that that's given me confidence um, moving forward yeah that's really good advice because sometimes people sink into that negative moment whereas seeing that there is that light at the tunnel and people do it every day it's only 24 hours um, and learning from that failure or that difficult moment Um, so who are some of your mentors? Uh, great question. Um, one is Mike Berkovich. Mm. So he owns uh, Walkable Brewery. Mm. Um, cool. Um, cool. So he he was my mentor since I was in high school, um, indirectly, um, and he always gave me good advice. Um, he is somebody that is an entrepreneur. He's a real estate developer. Um, he wholesales vehicles now. But he went to, on to play at Michigan State basketball in 1979. Won a national championship with Magic Johnson. But he's a Windsorite, still lives in Windsor. But he always gives back to the community. He's a very, very humble guy. And when I look at somebody that you know is, has been extremely successful, but has also carries himself like an everyday guy, and you can his door is always open for everyone, not just you know people that yeah. he feels like he can benefit from sure, yeah. um it, it kind of you know let me know that this is somebody that i always you know feel like i can come to and discuss certain things and he's always giving me productive advice on that so mm-hmm. that's one of them um the other one i'll probably say coach it's another coach um, this guy coached me his name mm-hmm. is coach karachi uh he coached me all throughout high school um he gave me a lot of tough love um, but stuff that I needed to hear when mm-hmm. maybe, you know, people were giving me too much praise or not enough and just whipping me back into shape and yeah. getting me back. Reality on, check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool. those two. Oh, amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people or you are going to become the mentor in a lot of people's lives <laughs> too with the work you're doing. That's so cool. So we're getting to the end yeah. and we spoke a lot. Well, my the podcast name, it's Happy, Healthy and Hopeful. Yeah. We spoke a lot about happiness and and healthy mm-hmm. with regards to food and um, positive body image. But my question to you is, what are you hopeful about? This one's up to interpretation. It could be about 2020. It could be about the programs you're working on um, or personal endeavors. What are you hopeful for? Um, I'm hopeful that that our community in Windsor continues to grow in a positive way, uh, that it sparks some of our – this is our seventh year of going to be a BTG – some of those kids that have graduated um, can start their own, mm-hmm. kind of pay it forward, push it forward, and grow a community that way and things that they're interested in. And yeah. um, even the kids in CTG that's going on a third year, I believe, um, they can create something for themselves in their in their community and 
and have that those positive influences uh, and just pass the torch that way. So I'm hopeful that I know a few guys have mentioned it to me, and I hopeful that they take they take action and they do something positive in our community because you know that's kind of the reason for all this is that mm-hmm. we all um, had different communities that we benefited from and that we can continue to help each other out. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome message. And so if anyone wanted to connect with you or BTG or CTG, wait, did I say that correctly? Yeah. yeah. So change the game and bridge the gap. Bridge the gap. <laughs> I got it. Um, where could they find out more? Um, yeah. So the best way for us for BTGfootball.com is our website. Um, CTG, um, probably best to email me through my personal email, um, which is christian.rwa at gmail.com. Um, but also, if you go to Cornerstone, speak to Dr. Mm-hmm. Heather, um, who owns the practice there and who is a great, great person. Um, if you say that, she, you know, hey, I want to join this program or I heard mm-hmm. about it, uh, she'll definitely get a hold of us and we'll find a way to kind of include you or um, create something that is, you know, beneficial to you. So mm-hmm. those are the probably the best ways to get a hold of us. Awesome. Okay. Well, Chris, it was so nice learning about you today. And I like took a lot from that. There's some really good nuggets of advice for uh, young people in there. So thanks again. And for everyone listening, if you want to find out more about eating disorder services within the Windsor community, please visit us at Banna Windsor or www.banna.ca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Be Yourself, the Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast. It was recorded at MediaWorks Studios located at 1030 Walker Road in Windsor, Ontario. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MediaWorksStudiosYQG. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MediaWorksYQG. For more exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel.